Hey, this is James McCoy. Welcome to the James Sports and Wrestling Podcast, where you will hear the latest in wrestling and sports. Nothing here is off limits. Let's have some fun. And I want to welcome back the charismatic enigma himself, Lane. <laughs> welcome back, man. Thanks for going What's up? Here. I'm back. Thanks going good for you. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, anytime. All right. So, so far, so good. Thanks, Thanks for having me back. Um, we can obviously agree that Rock 25 was a dud, man. I mean, they hyped it up perfectly. I thought the hype for that show was done perfectly. But the execution fell. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I think that was one of the better hypes they've done in a while. Exactly. And I was not impressed. The first one thing, I just... That Manhattan Center, they only had a one match... And and the Undertaker's appearance and the DX thing. Oh, the, there was a tag match also. It just oh yeah. I mean, if I was at the Manhattan say, Center, I would have been so yeah, mad. This is BS, you know, so to speak. And you know, apparently they were demanding refunds. And you know what? I don't blame them. I mean, when you sit there and hype something up like that, to only have really two matches and they were only five minutes long, combined, you know, five minutes long each for each one. I mean, that's just it's complete. And plus, there was no Titantron for them to watch what was going on over, you know where you know where raw was at then even too so i mean those guys but i heard ticket prices there were like 800 bucks 800 yeah yeah but JR, did you hear about jr yes he did him and the king fell asleep fell asleep yeah you know when he falls asleep you know something's wrong he is the most you know as far as a commentator and an announcer he's one of the best storytellers well, apparently, WWE's story made him go to bed. You know, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> going into this, we were thinking Cena and Taker. And then we see Taker, you know, we're watching it and Taker's thing comes up and says, he's coming out next. And I remember sitting there going, oh, here we go. Somehow Cena and Taker are going to, you know, here we go. And then all of a sudden, that's Taker cuts this promo and you're thinking, it left you scratching your head, man, straight up. You're sitting there going, did he just retire or did he just say he's coming back to take another, you know, take another soul? What do you think? Well, first of all, I was expecting the Cena Undertaker thing. I was looking forward to it. I feel like they should have done it maybe five years ago. But they weren't even at the same building. So it wasn't like it was a last minute call if they're not going to do Cena and Taker. I mean, it almost sounds like, you know, he, one of his normal promos where you think he's going to continue but he worded it in a way where that could be his retirement speech because he made the, the phrase, it's finally time for all the souls I've collected to truly rest in peace. So I don't know if that's his way of saying that I'm going to retire so they can truly rest in peace. Or does that mean he's going to come back and look more ass and be bigger and better than well, ever? Th- well, to me, I, 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 I took it as a retirement I, I took it speech. the same way. But I also sat there and thought to myself, damn, this is the way he goes out. This is the way he's going to retire. No superstars there greeting him at the ramp like they did for Flair. I mean, yeah, granted, when Ed did his retirement, I don't think there were superstars there either to greet him. But right, right. But I mean, they were in the back when he went walked to the back came out and stuff like that. And you know, Triple H was the only one. But damn, really? But okay, but on the same token, Undertaker's old school, and he's still. Is one of the only people that really commit to kayfabe. Do you? Th- I don't think he would even want the wrestlers to come out there like that. I, I really don't think he would. He would want that because I, I fully believe that 
I mean, you still got Matt Hardy that's committing with his Brooklyn character, but I believe that The Undertaker, when he's officially retired, Agreed. that's the day that Agreed. Jay Fable completely died. Because, I mean, even even when he goes out in appearances out of character, he's always told people, don't refer to me about my real name, I am The Undertaker. Even when he was at UFC, when he did that thing with Brock Lesnar years ago, the screen said The Undertaker, not Mark Calloway. I, and from stories you've heard from other wrestlers, I don't think he would want the big send-off like you would expect you know, or even want to see as a fan. Flares, and if he's really seriously, you know, still old school about kayfabe, you know, the question is why did he come out to Rick Flair? I mean, he did come out as The Undertaker and not Mark, but you know what, man? Let's take a quick break real quick and we'll hit on this a little bit more because I have a story for you. So we'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back, and we're going to continue our recap of Raw 25. So, I actually have a story for you. So, this was probably back, if I can remember correctly, it's probably about 2006. And this was just as cell phones were becoming more, you know, more popular, right? So, there was this girl that I dated, and we went out to a restaurant. And so, we were sitting there, we were having a nice time, and I heard this loud laughter. And for some reason, I felt, you know, the need to turn around. And it was The Undertaker with his first wife, Sarah. And I was like, oh my God, it is The Undertaker. And he turned around and he looked at me and he goes, and he smiled, he shook my hand, he goes, I'm glad you referred to me as The Undertaker. He goes, you do not know how many people out there call me Mark. He goes, when I'm out in public with my wife, I want to be known as The Undertaker. And to me at the time, I'm thinking to myself, wow, why? I mean, because you're not in WWE right now. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're outside, you know, you're outside, you know, you're not going anywhere. You're, obviously, you're enjoying time off. And so why would you want to be called, you know, Mr. Callaway or Mark or, or what have you? And he explained to me, he goes, it's very important that whenever I bump into people that they always refer to me as The Undertaker. He goes, I just want to keep that image alive. And, you know, after hearing that story, you know, now I completely understand it. I can understand why it's so important for him to keep kayfabe. You know, whether it's dead or not. Kayfabe is a huge part, if not, especially back in the day, it it was the biggest part of of professional wrestling. Because without kayfabe, I mean, you didn't have nothing. Well, yeah, the curtain call with Michaels, Diesel, Ramon, and Triple H, you know, the famous, you know, the famous curtain call pretty much, you know, at Madison Square Garden, I think was the beginning of the end. All, all promoters back there, in the, like back in the day, like the AWA and, and World Class, they wouldn't allow their talent, heels and faces, to eat in the same restaurant, to stay at the same hotel, or even be in the same locker room backstage at the arena in case a fan somehow wandered back, they didn't want the one fan to know. The heels and baby faces were not allowed to to be anywhere near each other. And if they were some promoters, if they were caught, they were fine just for saying hello or being in the same locker room in public, in the locker room, anywhere. I mean that's how big of I importance K played. Oh, I totally agree with that. I mean Back then, we were in a whole different era. 
I mean, you weren't even a twinkle. I don't even think I was even a twinkle. I mean, I was born in 83, so I mean, KK was still around then, but you mean... I, mean, I was born in It was getting close to coming to an end, but also today, every seven-year-old has a stinking smartphone in their hand, and I mean, generate, times are different, you know? It's dead. I mean, yeah, look, the back used to be popular, like, times have changed now, so... So has the wrestling business. Nice, sir. All right, so we are transitioning on to the major news of the week that upstage Raw 25, and that's Enzo Amore no longer being a WWE superstar due to rape allegations. I've hit on this a lot this week. I have put in my two cents as far as I think we need to wait until all the facts are out. Um, what are your thoughts on this whole Enzo Amore thing from everything you've heard? To keep it, as far as wrestling talk at the moment, I mean, it's a, it's a big blow for 205 Live, especially with Neville um, walking out and this Rich Swan, who was suspended. Uh, by the way, quick update. Uh, today, he was... Uh, all charges have been dropped as of today from his wife and from the police department. They're not moving forward the charges. They're not proceeding. So he has, has been basically technically clear. Okay. But going back to Enzo... Um, <clears throat> Let me say something about Rich Swan real, thing real quick. He still hit his wife. I don't care. I don't care if the charges were dropped. You're telling me you have eyewitness accounts of him hitting his wife. She's got marks and bruises on her. I don't care if she dropped the charges. I don't care if the police department dropped the charges. In my opinion, you still hit your wife. That is a my understanding, my understanding from independent wrestlers who posted on social media and quickly deleted them. Um, basically, the overall story is he okay, hit her. All right, hold that thought. We got about 10 seconds left. You tell me the story when you come right back, all right? All right. All right, beer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am back. And before we go on, I just want to say what's up to the New Blood Wrestling Group out there. I have one. I have the one of my main admins, my sidekick on here, Lane. I just want to send a shout out to everybody who is giving love and support to this group. Not only to the New Blood Group, but also the podcast. I want to thank everybody that listens to this and that shares this all out over social media. And yeah, I just wanted to send a special thanks. So, real quick, to touch on that real quick, um, if you're interested in sending donations, uh, DM me and I'll give you my address. Uh, it's $100 shipping and handling to send the money. <laughs> uh, don't worry, man. You know I you know I pay $2,000 a week. No, I'm All right. That works. All right, so let's get... So I, I didn't mean to cut you off there at the end. We're running low on time in that, you know, in that last 10 seconds there. So I want you to go ahead and hit on that story that you were talking about from the... From what I've seen from some wrestlers that had posted and quickly deleted them, that uh, Rich Swan's wife either slapped him in the face, neck, or, or pushed him, and he was, quote-unquote, trying to protect himself, but took it overboard to the extreme. Um, instead of pushing her back or just trying to walk away, he basically just co-cocked her uh, with a mighty heavy punch. Um, what the fight was about, don't know. But, I mean, there was bruises on her. And at first, it came out that she said she got him because she's also an independent wrestler. Um, so she came out and said the bruises were from that and getting punched, potatoed in the ring. 
then it came out where there was eyewitnesses and it's changed and changed but officially today according to the the county that he's in all charges have been dropped from the police department and the the wife so uh, it looks like he should be returning to wwe since he was not found guilty all right so here's the deal here listen i don't care if a woman comes up and kicks you between the legs i don't care if a woman comes up to you and punches you in the face as a man i understand the whole self-defense thing and i get it i'm gonna hear well guys have every right to defend themselves as well and i and i agree with that just as much as women do but you have to walk away if she hit you then be a man call the police report the fact that she did it and have them handle it but the second you take matters into your own hands and you decide you're going to be a vigilante and you're going to sit there and from what i saw i mean she said that he put her in a headlock too um you're complicating it you're complicating everything and then it turns into a whole mess instead of saying listen she hit me here's where she hit me she did this and that you have you know i'm sure he had marks on him if you know she's a professional wrestler i mean she probably left some good marks on him but as a man i understand this whole thing of defending yourself but you have to just walk away i mean but also too it was public at a wrestling event from what i understand it was actually at his uh, indie show that his wife was doing it, it wasn't like they were at home and she pulled a gun on him or you know she done pulled a knife they got into an argument because he was critiquing her match and telling her that she didn't do a very good job and was basically telling her the match sucked and tempers flared like he was no in, not in harm or his life wasn't being threatened and there was Stage personnel, referee, security. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, it was life or death, self defense. I think it was looking for an excuse to get away with hitting his wife. Wait, you think that he was waiting for an excuse to hit him? Yes, because this isn't, this isn't the first time, according to uh, uh, other wrestlers and people that know him, they weren't surprised and that this isn't the first time altercation has happened. Now, I'm not saying he was necessarily waiting for a reason to hit his wife, but I think that when she slapped him or whatever, instead of walking away, he's like, well, I get a free shot and use that as a, in the moment, use it as an opportunity to get away with it because she hit him first or slapped him or pushed him or whatever the case may be. He does not need to come back to WWE. I don't understand. I, you know, I, I don't care if this was self-defense. As a man, he should have walked away. And if he's done this before and he has a history of it, and WWE's aware of the fact that there's a history of it, look, I'm sorry. You have more talent coming into 205 Live. You can replace him. You have Ricochet coming to NXT. He's not going to be there long, and he'll be in 205. All right, so let me do this. We're going to do one more segment on this. Let me take a break, and we'll come right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am back. Before we finish up with what Lane was saying, I want to make this clear. What happened in Michigan State should not happen anywhere. A person empowered like that has to report anything that could be that happened. 
So, anyway, so many kids now have to live with the fear, or not the fear, have to live with what happened now for the rest of their life. Because a president was power hungry, greedy. These people, some of them killed themselves. Killed themselves. And now those families will never have their kids again. And now all these people who actually, you know, had to go through it and have survived it and have gotten justice finally, thank God they got the justice. That guy does not deserve to walk out of prison ever again. And I hope someone, you know what? I hope he suffers as far as I hope he thinks about all those women who came forward in those seven days in that courtroom and told their stories. I hope that those images stick with him for the rest of his pathetic life. What he did was disgusting. Just same thing with Penn State. Disgusting. I urge people in power to pay attention. Anything comes to you about anything of sexual assault, do something about it. No matter how little you might think it is. Because you are the ones that are overlooking these kids who come to your colleges every year. You have to do what's right. All right. So I just have to get that right out of the way. Now you're good. Let's get back to Enzo. So this accuser and this friend that has has shown the text messages on YouTube. I've watched the video. I've heard what he's had to say. I will say this. If that's how she really felt about the situation. I, I have to say, when I watched that, I was shocked. I was shocked to all hell. I'll, I'll admit, my first thought was, wow, are you kidding? But then you actually take the time to think about it. And when stuff like this happens, you have to remember. She maybe was in a little bit of denial. You know, just in shock about what happened. And maybe it all just hadn't hit her yet. Because from what she said, she said she was knocked out when Enzo threw her on the bed and her head hit the bedpost. Knocked her out. There's also a part in the interview where she said that she was on the couch and it was like she was not even there. It's like the lights were on and nobody nobody was home. And, you know, Enzo said he was going to blank. You know, he was going to do something to her. I should say that. Rape her. The boyfriend saying, are you for real right now? Then to see these text messages, look, I'm still going to go with the thought that I think Enzo has done it. And here's why I think Enzo has done it. He knew about the, he knew about the allegations. He knew he was being investigated and he didn't go to his employer. He did not go to WWE and say, listen, I didn't do this. I'm being railroaded. I need your help. He kept his mouth shut. To me, keeping his mouth shut to me implies he knows he did something wrong. The one time he keeps his mouth shut. I mean, because we know how he is as a, as a character, but also in real life. Yep. And the one time he keeps his mouth shut, and it cost him. Going as far as the victim, I'm not going to say I believe he's innocent or guilty at this moment. Because the, 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 the lady that accused him was on TMZ the day or the day before yesterday telling her story on TMZ. They're in an ongoing investigation, during all this, and she's on TMZ live on Skype, you know, sitting there giving her side of the story. It wasn't like it was a sit-down interview and the right. investigation was over. To me, right. 
I'm not saying that says I'm not trying to say that that says, uh, shows me that she's lying, but thing takes course. And I mean, I've done some some work with victims uh, of rape or abuse, and I really never came across one that wanted to go on TMZ and tell their story. You know, that just seems a little done a little bit of of work with with uh, women that have been abused. That just doesn't seem normal to me. That's that's where I had the red flag for myself and started thinking, well, All right. I don't know. Hold that thought. I got one last thing on this when we come right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. And listen, I want to make a clear point here. I know what we're talking about is a slippery slope. I know what we're talking about, granted, is not our normal WWE talk or or wrestling talk or sports talk. But what this has to do with is that there's a story that's out there right now that involves a former WWE wrestler who may have done something wrong. Now, we're not sitting here. Wade and I are not sitting here one way or another saying Enzo did something he's guilty. We're not saying Enzo's innocent. We're also not saying the girl is lying and we're not saying that the girl that, that the girl's telling the truth. All we're doing is talking about what is out there right now. Like just a couple minutes ago I talked about how the fact that Enzo didn't go to WWE to talk about these allegations that he knew of made him look bad. But we're not going to sit here then on top of that and say well you know what these text messages that the accuser sent you know and what it actually said is you know what we're not going to sit there and ignore that and not say anything about it those text messages are damning and let's make it clear Enzo did not get fired did not get fired because he may have did this he got fired because he didn't say anything he got fired because he decided the one time like Lane said to keep his mouth shut got him busted no he was actually fired for breaking the uh, moral code of uh, letting an employer know in advance of the uh, accused being accused of illegal activity and or abuse or harassment. Now, here's what I did say earlier in the week. I said that Enzo, for that, looked really, really bad. Still does. I, listen, I, and, and I know I shouldn't side one way or the other, but I'm going to. I think the woman's telling the truth, despite everything that's out there right now, and here's why. She spent 45 days in a mental hospital. 45. She also went to the hospital after it happened, so there has to, so chances are there is a rape, a rape case. She went through everything that a person who is trying to get somebody would do. But 45 days in a mental hospital actually tells me something. It tells me something happened, and it freaked her out to the point that she had to go get help. She had to go check herself in. Okay, well, let, let me throw let me throw this idea at you. Not saying this is what I believe, right. but I've heard this story a few times. Right, um, just say that, because apparently they knew each other before this night. So let's say that they met up. She starts crushing on him. They right. sleep together. He moves on. She's still stuck on him. Right. It's not out of the possibility that one, she wanted him and can't have him, so she's mad. And two, 
money. Now, I'm not saying that I see anything in this case specifically to make me think that. However, with um, trying trying not to put too much information out there, but with, with certain camps that I've done um, and, and certain things I've been a part of, I've seen that happen more than you, the average person would, would think. Right here. So that leads me. The reason I'm, I'm I'm bringing that up is because she went on TMZ. She went on TMZ right after the story broke. And like I said, that's not something I would expect or suspect or have seen or heard in, in the situations that I've seen and heard and dealt with. I just think if that was me in her shoes, I wouldn't have went on TMZ. Or she gave an interview to some other sports thing on the internet. She did a, a internet, um, uh, what was it, like Fistful or something, she did an interview. Um, yeah, a day or two before or after that TMZ. Like she's going to all the media outlets while well, there's an ongoing investigation and selling her story. Well, so, here's the deal. This Harvey Weinstein thing that, that, you know, that's happened, you know, as of late has empowered more women to come out and say, hey, this is what happened. I think this is what's happening here. I think she's coming out and she's telling her story. Do I think she should let the investigation play out? I absolutely do. I think she shouldn't be seeking them out. I think if they seek her out, that's one thing. But she shouldn't also be silent either. If this happens, she needs to tell her story. Now, if it turns out she's lying, then whatever happens, happens. But until then, she has the right to tell her story. Let me be clear and say that if, if it did happen, she should have spoke up and told her story. I just don't think necessarily TMZ or sports um, companies were the place to do it. Okay, that's fair. All right. We're going to take one more break. We'll come right back, and then we're going to wrap everything up. It's not going to be a full segment, but we'll, we'll be right back. All right, we are back, and we're going to wrap this up right now. And just to make it clear, Lane and I both believe that this process needs to play out. But yes, I have no issues with her telling her story. And here's why. Because I believe, you know, for the longest time in the world that women have been told pretty much to stay silent. And I don't think that's what should happen. Now, we don't know if she seek them out or if TMZ seek her out and we also don't know if they paid her for the interview here's what i do believe i believe she just probably kept this in for so long that she wants to spread the word of here's what happened now i will say this if she's lying about it and she's gone to all this trouble to defame enzo to drag his name through the mud that i totally believe that legal things should happen to her and if, but until then, she has to me every right to go to whoever she wants. I know it may be unorthodox, it may be not what it should be. But I think until everything plays out, I think we need to hear what happened. Because if Enzo did do it, Enzo deserves to go to jail for a very, very long time. Oh, and I totally agree. Like I said, my issue is not with her telling her story. I think she should tell it to whoever will listen. However, I mean, TMZ is not known for being a credible place when it comes to celebrities anyways. And, you know, they were just interviewing Enzo a few months back with him out in the street with a championship belt. And, I, you know, I think it's funny, just a few weeks ago, yeah, 
Enzo was out there with the street with the championship. Then a few weeks later, That's this girl's telling her story. But that's the thing, though. She hasn't went and told her story to any of these women magazines, or she hasn't went and spoke to any of these, you know, crowds or anything like that. It's only been to, it's only been to sports companies such as TMZ or that the other one that she did the interview online. Right. And both sports companies covered wrestling because there's a lot that don't. So that's the only thing I was saying was roughly. I don't think that was the right place necessarily. Right. Or, you know, it didn't seem right. But, yeah, I mean, I, if, if it really happened, I think she should be able to tell her story. Well, let's um, be clear about TMZ. <laughs> TMZ is actually, you know, TMZ has plenty of lawyers who work at it. I look at TMZ as a credible source in the sense that I don't know if you ever watched the people's court back in the day, but the guy yeah. they, they used to turn to outside and who did interview, you know, and all that stuff, he actually runs TMZ. He's Same. actually he, he's actually a lawyer. So I give it now listen, do I think, you know, they're up celebrities' asses all the time and all that? And do I think, wow, really? You're living vicariously through celebrities? Do I think it's actually a little weird? Yes, I do. But I think the fact that you have a guy who went to law school, who knows the laws, who knows, you know, what should happen, you know, or how it should proceed, you know, is in control of this. I have no problems with it. I have no problems with, you know, with that because he's the boss and whoever she talked to before that happened, he's like, listen, this is where you can go probably. And this is where you can't go. So the fact that you have that leadership right there, I, you know what? I will say for that, it's, I would rather have a lawyer guiding me if I was working for TMZ. Yeah, like I said, I mean, if he did it, he deserves to go to prison for the rest of his life. If she's lying, I, I really hope not because I don't want to see him be drugged to the mud for something he didn't do. Here's my last thought on it. Enzo did drugs, but he somehow escaped through getting busted through WWE for that. How in the world did he pull that off? How do you think he... <laughs> How'd he pull it up? Well, depending on what drug you use, some of those drugs only stay in your system 24, 48, 72 hours. Now, if they only do the random drug testing once every, say, two weeks or one, even once a week, um, I mean, it, it's possible that... Um, that he timed it perfectly? He timed it perfectly because Mr. Kennedy's come out in an interview and said that he got away with that a couple times right when they first put it in place. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, he got away with it a couple times and he knew uh, Randy Orton got away with it a couple times. Uh, Carlito got away with it. Now that was also in the early stages when it was first being constructed, but it, it's possible. That's true. It's totally possible. All right, guys. Lane, thank you. Listen, guys, you made it to the end. Thanks for hanging out with me and Lane. Be sure to hit the clapping button so that I know which segments that you like the best. Also, be sure to hit the star button to favorite the station and share it with your friends. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Pocket Cast. We will see you guys on Saturday. Lane and I will return with more stuff to talk about. Lane, thanks, bro. Thanks for having me. Hashtag speak up. All right, guys, listen, I'm back. James McCoy from the James Woodson Wrestling Podcast. So we know all about what happened to Michigan State. Listen, I did my outro. I was done. But then I decided I wanted to speak on this just one-on-one -on -one with, with me and whoever listens to it. What happened to Michigan State was a travesty. Um, Larry Nasser, sentenced to 
between 40 and 175 years in prison. He's already serving 60 years in prison for child porn. Michigan State. The president, now the former president, who is a woman, should look in the mirror tonight and tell herself, listen, I don't like to curse on here very often. It's family friendly. I'm sorry about this. She fucking screwed up big time. And now over 140 kids that are now adults, maybe more, some who have killed themselves because this woman refused to report sexual assault allegations against Larry Nasser. He worked for the USA Gymnastics and he sexually assaulted and abused several of them. She had reports coming to her saying, this is what's happening. She ignored it. She ignored it. She deserves to be in a courtroom herself going through this whole thing because you know what? You know how there's a law for, you know, you know, the whole fugitive law that if you help a fugitive, she pretty much helped this guy sexually assault all these kids. She had a duty to report this, to protect the children, teenagers. Not because of her and this sick individual. He gets to stay in jail for the rest of his life, and I'm glad for that because he doesn't deserve to walk out of a jail. This woman does not deserve to be free. Anybody who knew it, anyone who knew about it and supported her do not deserve to be free because up until yesterday, they were still supporting her. Molly Kiram, a first take, hit her right on the head. She needs to be in a courtroom herself answering charges. Because of her, she is set back this whole women's coming forward and protection, she has set all that back quite a bit. And why? Because you, were, because you were a good fundraiser. Because you made the money for that school. I agree with Molly. Michigan State deserves the death penalty. I'll even go on record saying Penn State deserved the same thing. When the whole Jerry Sandusky thing went down. She deserves to be in jail. She let all those kids down. Not only the kids, but her, but the parents who entrusted that school to protect their kids. Kids who went away long distances out of their comfort zones to go to a school that they thought would protect them. And didn't. Disgusting. And you should be ashamed of yourself. Because you had only one job to do. And that is protect those kids. And you failed. And you let a damn monster hurt those kids. 
Hashtag speak up. Don't let this, sh- don't let this shit happen. Rise above. Rise above the hate. Stand up. Tell your story. We all want to hear it. We, we, we want to make sure we put these people away. Whoever does this, we want to put them away for the rest of their lives. All right, guys. I want you guys to have a great rest of your week. We'll be back on Saturday. We'll be talking about Royal Rumble predictions. Have a great night.